Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. So today I want us to talk about cultivating the desire to please God. And I want to attempt to, in a roundabout way, answer three questions. And the first question is, why should we want to please God? And the second question is, how can I stir up a passion inside of me to make pleasing God a priority in my life? And then the third thing is, how can I influence others to want to please God? Now, it's never been my goal to preach you happy. It's always been my goal to instruct you in the Word. And that's no different today. I want to teach you today what the Word of God says about pleasing God. Now, there's a lot of other things that the Word of God says about pleasing God. There's no way that we could exhaust this subject in just one message. But today, we're going to talk about a few things that we know that we know that we know pleases God. Now, before we do that, I think that we just need to touch on this, and this is not the meat of the message, but we just need to touch on Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, where the Bible talks about things that displease God. So we need to know what displeases Him, don't we? And like I said, it's not the meat of the message, but it's part of the foundation of what we're talking about today. So Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19 says this, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto Him. Abomination means that it's something that God hates. Said number one, a proud look, so that displeases God. Number two, a lying tongue, that displeases God. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. That displeases God. For those who think that, uh, you know, standing against abortion is not in the Bible, right there it is. Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, with that said, I think that we need to stand at the back door and minister grace and love to those who have had that experience. We don't need to write them off. God still loves them. Number four, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. That displeases God. Number five, feet that are swift in running to mischief. Those things displease God. So hearts that devise wicked imaginations displease God. And feet that swift in running to mischief displeases God. And feet that runs swift to mischief is specifically talking about rushing to do things that you know will come harm to other people. And then verse number six, it says, A false witness that speaks lies. And then verse number seven is the one that is especially an abomination to God. And the Bible said it's him that sows discord among the brethren. Now, with all of that said, I think it's important for us to understand or to, to let me say this. If we know something displeases the Lord, I don't think we should be a part of it. Do you? I think we should just say, okay, this is the line. This is what the Word of God says. God says, don't do this, so I'm not going to do it. God says, this displeases God, so I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to be proud. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to shed innocent blood. I'm not going to devise wicked imaginations. I'm not, I'm not going to rush to cause harm to my neighbors. I'm not going to speak false witness against people and speak lies. And I'm not going to sow discord. I'm not going to do that, especially among brethren. I know, God, this doesn't please you. So, God, these are things that I make a commitment to you. I will not do, nor will I be involved in. So in other words, I'm not going to hang around with people that do them consistently. So with that said, here are some things that I want to, want to talk about today about pleasing God. The Bible teaches us some of the things that we can do to please God. So how do I please God? Very simple. Learn your Bible. 
Did you think I was going to preach something to you this morning that was going to wow you? No, we've got to get the, we have to get the basic foundations down. Learn your Bible. How do I learn my Bible? Well, first of all, you have to read it besides Sunday. You've got to read it every single day. Read your Bible. Say, well, I don't understand my Bible. Then ask the Lord to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. When you ask God, when you pray that prayer and you ask God, which comes out of the Scripture, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, then as you start reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you and lead you and guide you and bring things to your remembrance and enlighten the Word of God and you will get understanding from Holy Spirit that you could not get anywhere else. Amen. So it's important for us to... Read our Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, read your Bible. Yeah. And after you... And then after you read your Bible, then here's something else you can do. You can study your Bible. You can study it. Study your Bible. Well, how do I do that? Well, the Bible said that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So find a Bible study group. Get involved in a... Bible study group. Now let me kind of just go on a little rabbit trail here and just say this. A Bible study group is not the same as a gossip group. I love you. You know I'm going to tell you the truth. So you don't want to get involved in a gossip group and people say, oh, wasn't that great fellowship? It wasn't fellowship. It was feet that run swift to mischief. So that displeases the Lord. It'll please the Lord if you study the Bible. When we study the Bible, when we get with other people that want to fellowship around the Word of God, when they want to talk about things pertaining to the Word of God, then, then our spirits become refreshed and our spirits become enlightened. So we learn our Bible and the way we learn it is we read it and we study it and then we have conversations around it, conversations around the Word of God. How long has it been since you've had a spiritual conversation with someone about something you read in the Word of God that you were kind of unclear about? Isn't that interesting? I mean, you can sit down, you can talk to people, and you say, you know, I was going through the Scriptures, and this is what I read today, and you know, I've got some, I kind of have some ideas about that, but you, you know, is the Lord showing you anything about that, or have you uh, kind of noticed this before? Is there something here that I'm missing? And that can open up a conversation about the Word of God, and when you have conversations about the Word of God, it's like sitting down at a spiritual buffet and feeding your spirit spiritual man and you're getting fat and filled up and satisfied, you are spiritually speaking becoming gordo. That's a Spanish word for fat. Spiritual fat. I've told you before, when you walk out of here on Sunday mornings, I want you to be so full of the Word of God that you waddle out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible will teach us. Now, why do I need to read the Bible? Because the Bible will teach us everything that we need to know about what pleases our Heavenly Father. How do I please God? I learn the Bible. I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I have conversations around the Bible. And then I allow the Holy Spirit to teach me as I become sensitive to His leading and revelations concerning the Scriptures. 
The Bible says in Psalms 119, verses 9 through 12, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And here's the answer. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. How can a young man cleanse his way if he never reads the word? If he doesn't know what the word is? The Bible says that the young man can cleanse his way by taking heed according to his word. And then the Bible says in verse number 10, With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And then verse number 12, the writer says, Blessed art thou, O Lord. And then he says, Teach me thy statues. In other words, teach me your ways, God. Show me things that I don't know. Open my eyes that I can see. Open my ears that I can hear. Open my spirit that I can receive. Open my understanding that my spiritual man will become enlightened. You say, well, how do you know when that happens? It's when you start blessing others. The greatest blessing that you can be to those that are around you is always going to come from the overflow of the God that is in you. So it's important for you and me to get so full of the Word of God that when someone hugs us or pokes us, the Word just comes out. Blessing this and blessing that and blessing this and blessing that. So the second thing that I want to talk to you about, first of all, we need to read our Bible. That'll help us please God, right? The second thing that I want to talk to you about is not only do we need to read the Bible, but we need to obey the Bible. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, whoop, don't go there. Don't go. <laughs> yeah, we did. We went there. So what does it mean to obey the Bible? It just, it's real simple. Do what the Bible says. Don't do what the Bible says don't do. That's simple. That's simple. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 2, this is how serious this is with God's Word, Okay. Here's what the Bible says. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my commandments and live. What does that mean if I don't keep his commandments? Well, I'm going to let you figure that out because you're pretty smart. But the Bible says to keep my commandments and live and then look at this and my law teach or teachings as the apple of thine eye. Now, my parents will validate this. When I was a little boy, I was crazy in love with God. And I still am. And I would study people like A.A. A. Allen and Jack Coe and, um, and Amy Simple Six McPherson and Catherine Kuhlman. I was kind of uh, enthralled with that move of God. I just, I wanted, to, I wanted to see miracles and we've seen a lot of miracles in our ministry and in our life. But I remember watching a message that Catherine Kuhlman gave where she was revealing the secret, she said, of her relationship with God. You know what she said it was? She said, I grew up as the apple of my natural father's eye. 
And she said, when he died, I didn't have a father anymore. And she said, I embraced my heavenly father. And she said, I transcended that desire to be the apple of my natural father's eye to become the apple of my heavenly father's eye. And she said, I live my entire life trying to please God because I want to be the apple of his eye. And that's why she would say, I believe in miracles. You can hear her saying it, can't you? Because I believe, here we go, in God. You can hear her saying that, can't you? Well, when the Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 2, keep my commandments and live and my law or my teachings as the apple of thine eye. If I'm going to obey God's commandment, if I'm going to do what the Bible says, if I'm going to please God, then this book right here has to become the number one driving force of my life. It has to become the apple of my eye. If the word of God says do it, I just naturally do it. If the word of God says don't do it, I just naturally don't do it. Why? Because I'm wanting to please the Lord. Then in John chapter 14 and verse number 21, we're still talking about obeying God's commandments. The Bible said in the NIV, whoever has my commands and keeps them, listen to this, is the one who loves me. You love God? Well, the Bible said if you love me, you keep my commandments. Right? That's what the Word of God says. So the Bible said the one who loves me, now here's the benefit of that, the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them too. And I will show myself to them. Show me your face, Lord. Show me your face. That song that we sing sometimes. To get into the presence of God, that's not necessarily talking about the natural face of God. It's we want to live in the expression of His presence. To live in the ambience of God. To experience His glory in His power and His might. David said it like this, that I might experience you or know you like I knew you in the sanctuary. There's a place in God where you can get where earthly things and temporal things become mundane. There's a place in God where you can get where you just crave His presence. That's where you want to be. The Bible said if we keep God's commandments and we keep them, then the Bible said that's an indication that we love Him. And the Bible said that if we love Him, by loving Him enough to keep His commandments, that the Father will love us and that God will reveal or Jesus would reveal Himself to us. I want to see God and keep His commandments. Fall in love with Him. Then John chapter 15 And verse number 10 tells us if we keep God's commandments that we abide in His love. That's one of the benefits of keeping His commandments. The third thing, and I only have four, but the third thing that I want to talk to you about pleasing God is the Bible is very emphatic about the fact that not only do we need to learn the Bible, not only do we need to obey the Bible, but this one's different. It pleases God when we have a heart for missions. 
when we have a heart for missions. Home missions and foreign missions at home and abroad. We do so much to help the community here. You guys know that. Just, just, just last month alone, I mean, we, you know, you guys worked so hard through the Lakewood Loves Pasco Festival and we were able to give $2,000 to Pasco Sheriff's Charities and you all know that because you helped raise it through the festival. But just last month alone, you also gave a little over $1,100 to buy a motor vehicle for a pastor in Pakistan. A bike, a motorcycle for him. I asked Bishop Ramont, I said, well, what about like a car? He said, a car can't go where this motorbike needs to go. And so the pastors over there need motorbikes. And so we had Bishop Ramont come and we need $850 and you guys gave like $1,150 some. I don't know. And then we received a special offering on a Wednesday night. Wednesday nights, we only have about 25 people here. I wish all of you were here, but Wednesday nights, we only have about 25 or 30 people here. But we took up an offering for blankets for 33 orphans in Lahore. And I have pictures on my phone now of those kids having their blankets because it was cold. You did that. Twice a year, we go to Jamaica to try to minister with Bishop Johnson. And we need to amp that up some. We need to do more in Jamaica. He knows that. Of course, he's always going to tell me we need to do more. But I tell you, I've been there for so long, and I know we need to do more. We're serious about our ministries in Jamaica. My goodness, I have a TRN. That's a tax revenue number. I can do business in Jamaica now. I had to get that so we could then get a nonprofit so we can ship the container over. But we, we're serious about what we're doing over in Jamaica, helping the five churches that's there, and there'll be more that'll eventually want to be involved. And there's young people that I've been, I've seen them when they were little kids when I was over there. Now they're young adults, and they have a heart for God and the call of God upon their life, and they want to pastor churches and evangelize their country that's 165 miles long and 25 to 40 miles wide with about 3.2 million people. There's a lot of people there that need the Lord. But we do that. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you that it pleases God when we support missions. So we do a lot in our community and we do a lot around the world. Now, here's something that I want to share with you. Not only does it please God when we support missions, but God has a very special place in His heart. For Israel. For the nation of Israel. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now look at verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. How do you feel about the president naming Jerusalem as the capital of Israel? Praise the Lord. 
I looked at that and I thought, all right. Now, whether you like him or whether you don't, this is something that had to happen. Back in 1995, it was ratified by Congress. And I think because we have done that, that that's going to open the door to additional blessings upon the nation of America. Hallelujah. And we as the nation of America and those of us here at the Lakewood Church of God need to find ways that we can get more involved in blessing the Jews, in blessing the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says here in Psalms 122, and it has never been more true than it is today, this very day, in Psalms 122, verses 6 through 9, here's what the Word says. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So we need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, look at the promises of God that we receive when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. See, when we focus on Israel, it pleases the Father. It pleases God. Here's what the Word says. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. You can't just pray for the peace of Jerusalem and have an attitude against Jerusalem and expect to receive blessing from the Lord. No, the Bible said that if we love Jerusalem, that God will cause us to prosper. And then the Bible said, Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Hallelujah. Well, where I've been sick, I'm just really getting warm here, and I usually don't take my jacket off, but I've got to do that. I'm sorry, guys. Hey. <laughs> don't get jealous. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've been on vacation for a couple of weeks. I heard a whistle a time or two. Isn't she pretty? Look at her sitting over there. All right, the last thing I want to talk to you about today, about pleasing God. This is very important. Living holy pleases God. Living holy pleases God. Holiness is, first of all, a heart condition. And holiness, now listen to me, holiness is the results of a right relationship with the Lord. Holiness is not what you look like on the outside. Holiness is what your heart looks like on the inside. And when we get our heart right, then everything else starts to come into line. In Leviticus chapter 11 and Leviticus chapter 19, God is telling the Israelites to be holy, or that word also means to be sanctified or set apart for God. And then he says, do this because God is holy. So when we, when we are holy... Then and we live holy, then the Bible said that we are holy because God is holy, then that gives us something that identifies us with God. And then the Bible says in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, that Peter addresses this with believers. So in Leviticus chapter 11 and Leviticus 19, God is telling, telling the children of Israel to be holy, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, the apostle Peter is saying this is for believers also. Let me read it. Wherefore, 
Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversations. The next time somebody tries to draw you in to a backbiting or gossiping conversation, you need to ask yourself, would God be pleased with me? What are you saying, Pastor? Think before you speak. Pray before you play. Make God a priority in your life. So the Bible said, As he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, where? In Leviticus 11 and in Leviticus 19, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Here's what God was saying. I want you to be like me. Now, God is not going to ask us to do something that we can't do. So when He asks us, I want you to be like me, then there must be a way to do that. And the way that we do that is we allow the Word of God to form our lives. I didn't have time to get into it this morning, but one of the number, one of the top priorities of things that please God is a life of prayer. I'm one of these people that know I don't think that a church ought to have a prayer ministry. I think we ought to have a praying church. Why do we have to have a prayer ministry and only about 10 or 15 people decide to pray? Why can't we just have a praying church? It was Jesus that said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. So why don't we come in here on Sunday morning a little bit early and make our way to the altar like we used to do and kneel down and pray or sit on the front row. I, and I'm going to tell some of you security people, if people want to come and sit on this front row before church and pray, leave them alone. Let them pray. I want to please God, don't you? Don't you? I want my life to be a pleasure for Him. When He thinks of Jonathan, I want him to smile. I don't want him to be disappointed. I don't want to hear him say, why did he do that? Or why did he say that? Or how come he's letting stuff like that happen? No, I want him to be pleased with me. My whole life, that's all I've ever wanted is to please God. It's led me down all kinds of tracks and trails. It's cost me a lot, hasn't it, Donna? It's cost us a lot living a life to please God. Because when you make up your mind, I'm going to please God no matter what the cost, you're going to get some enemies. 
but love them. That pleases God when we love our enemies. When we do good to those, I read it to you, when we do good to those that despitefully use us and persecute us and say all men are of evil against us falsely, I, I read that to you at the beginning of the service. That pleases God. When we just rejoice and say, Lord, this must be the plan that you had for me. So God, I, I, I accept it. You don't have to take anything off the devil, but you need to take everything that God dishes out. To please God. To please God. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment. When he says here in his word, be holy for I am holy, I think it's important for us to understand that God isn't calling us to be perfect. He's just calling us to be distinct from the world. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, the Bible tells us that we're a holy nation of peculiar people, those that God has called and chosen to show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our lives are billboards for the kingdom. When we say I'm a Christian, we become marked to the world of what Christ is like. And that's why the Word of God teaches us that we're not to make the cross of Christ of none effect or bring Him to an open shame. It's important for us to represent, to represent well the kingdom our Heavenly Father. And I'll tell you, nothing pleases God more than when we first of all accept the gift of salvation. The Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice over just one sinner that gives their life to Christ. They've been doing a whole lot of rejoicing lately. My friend in Pakistan just on November the 18th held a massive prayer festival in Karachi with 200,000 people there and 45,000 people in Karachi, Pakistan gave their lives to Jesus Christ in one day. Do you think there was some rejoicing going on in heaven? You say, I can't go. No, but you can pray. We can pray. Those are our brothers. Those are our sisters. If you're here this morning and you've not accepted the gift of salvation, maybe you've not made the decision to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you're here this morning, you say to me, Pastor Jonathan, I, I'd like to give my life to the Lord. Or maybe you've been close to the Lord in time past and you have backslidden away from Him or went away from Him. And you need to find your way back. And I want to pray with you today. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around, if you need to give your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand toward heaven right now so I can see it? I want to know who I'm praying with. And maybe those of you that's went away from the Lord, you say, I need to get back close to the Lord. Let me see your hand. Okay, okay, you can put them down. Once you put them up, you can put them down. 
two hands so far, but is there any more? Come on. Come on. All right, you can put them back down. Any, anyone else? Anyone else? We're not trying to embarrass anyone. That's why we're closing our eyes, and I just want to know who I'm praying with. So we've had three so far that says I need to make things right with God today. Anyone else? Those of you that are watching by live stream, I know you watch from around the world because you contact us and let us know. You can write us, you can email us, you can call us. This week, we'll pray with you, we'll minister to you. Those of you that raised your hands, I just want you to bow your head right now and pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, make me a Christian. I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on Calvary for me. Today, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept you and confess you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want everyone to stand, if you would, please, all over this building. I'm just trying to follow the leading of the Lord here. I know that this message has kind of dug around in our lives some of the areas where we live. The Word of God will work if we work it. If we let it work, it'll work on us. And maybe this message has dug around inside of you and you might realize, hey, you know, there's some things that I need to make right with God. You know, I want to live a life pleasing to God. I want Him to be pleased with me, with every part of my life. I want to offer myself to Him. But maybe there's some things that the Lord has opened up to you that you need to talk to Him about today. Now, I'm not asking you to come forward for me to necessarily pray with you unless you want me to. But if, if you feel like that this message was for you today and there's some things you need to talk to God about, I just want to ask you to come forward and just find a place here and spend some time with the Lord in prayer as the worship team leads us in a song. Come now. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.